Hello and welcome to the Harvard EdCast, a series of conversations with thought leaders in the field of education from across the country and around the world. I'm your host, Matt Weber, and today we're going to talk about the power of mindfulness, building inner strengths, and the upcoming Harvard professional education program, Building Inner Strengths of Leaders, Mindfulness, and More. It's happening December 2nd through the 5th. We're here with one of the members of the faculty on that, on that program. His name is Rick Hansen. He's a psychologist and a senior fellow of the Greater Good Science Center at UC Berkeley and New York Times best-selling author. Rick, welcome to the EdCast. Matt, honestly, I'm pumped to be here. Thank you. And, and Rick, we're pumped to have you uh, at Harvard in just a, a short time. And just to give people a taste about what you're going to talk about, we'll just jump right in. Rick, which inner strengths do you think could be most beneficial for a highly stressed educational leader? Give us a couple things that they would learn. I think the fundamental inner strength, you could think of it as a meta-learning, learning how to skillfully internalize everyday beneficial experiences into lasting inner strengths, inner resources like resilience, confidence, self-worth, patience, compassion, empathy, et cetera, et cetera. In other words, it's the skill of getting better at acquiring skills. In other words, getting good at getting good, learning how to learn, and so forth. And I've been very struck for a long time. I think there's a special place in heaven for educators, to be really honest. I come from a long line of teachers, my father, his mother, and so forth. Um, but the thing that has really struck me is we spend a lot of time learning things. We're almost never taught how to learn. How do we actually turbocharge the conversion of passing mental states, even beneficial ones, into lasting neural traits? That transfer from activation to installation, state to trick, short-term buffer to long-term storage, is the absolute essence of personal growth, healing, character education, emotional intelligence acquisition, uh, social intelligence training, and so forth, and yet we're rarely taught that process. Unfortunately, as a result, most beneficial mental states wash through the brain like water through a sieve, while negative mental states, anxiety, stress, irritation, exasperation, feeling devalued or dismissed by your, let's say, uh, you know, the superintendent of schools or some kid's parent, um, that gets <coughs> stuck lodged in our brain forever because we're, we're lodged in our brain deeply through the brain's negativity bias. So to finish up here, uh, what my part will be about is uh, really teaching the fundamental skill of how to turn these passing experiences into lasting inner resources rather than wasting them on your brain. Rick, really helpful information. And, and I'm, I think people hear the phrase mindfulness thrown around in all sorts of different contexts now. And I'm curious how you see mindfulness, how you define it, and then how it's important towards building inner strengths, especially when people come to this program. Right. Um, I kind of go back to the roots of the notion of mindfulness several thousand years ago, actually, in northern India, and developed a lot since then, as present, sustained present moment recollectedness. That's a simple definition. We can all get that. You know, I think about the sort of classroom rules on the walls of some kindergartens I've seen. Pay attention is the first one. You know, be nice, share your toys, right? Pay attention. It's old school. We all know how to do that for at least half a breath at a time. The trick is to be able to sustain that quality of present moment recollectedness, which gives us fundamental regulatory control over arguably our most fundamental property, which is our own attention, 
in the context of a larger world that's constantly grabbing at us, very skillfully often, pay attention to this, buy this, pay attention to that, fear that, uh, pay attention to this, those people are bad, these people are good, on and on and on it goes. And therefore, mindfulness training gives us the capacity to really take charge of the structure-building processes in our own nervous system, because uh, what's called experience-dependent neuroplasticity means that what we consciously experience, especially in the foreground of attention, gets sucked into the brain. You know, in effect, attention is like a spotlight and vacuum cleaner. It illuminates what it rests upon and then draws its contents into our brain. So mindfulness training, in a nutshell, gives us the capacity to... Uh, plop our attention on what's useful and keep it there, therefore heightening the conversion of that experience into some kind of lasting, encoded change, a durable change in neural structure or function, thus, you know, learning, lasting value rather than a momentarily pleasant experience. And mindfulness training allows us to pull our attention away from what's not so helpful, like our grinding resentments or that case we have against other people or self-criticism, maybe we've internalized in our childhood. And then around that, again to finish up, around that um, essence, really, of the benefits of mindfulness training, there are associated factors that are really wonderful. Um, A sense of growing self-awareness and self-knowledge and acceptance of and inclusion of um, all of yourself, even the parts you, you know, are not so happy about, they're there. Also, uh, along with Uh, Mindfulness training can often come a related sense of self-compassion, of a quality of being on your own side, wishing your own self well, not just wishing other people well. Uh, And then last, uh, that kind of mindfulness training that to some extent we'll be exploring in this conference, which is a remarkable conference, I should say, by the way. I'm so honored to be able to be a part of it. Um, As a kind of acceptance, a moment-to-moment sense of this may not be my preference, but if I go to war with what's present in my mind in this moment, or if I go to war with the conditions outside of me, um, it's just going to make things worse for myself and other people. I can, of course, make wise efforts in my mind. I can continue to try to release and reduce what's problematic in my mind and out there in the world. I can make wise efforts as well to grow the good in my mind and out in the world in a larger context in which I'm accepting them as they are even while I'm trying to help them get better. Rick, I feel like I've learned so much from you just in a few minutes. I'm sort of jealous of all these people who get to spend days with you come come December. <laughs> uh, well, I thank you for that. And, you know, a lot of what I'm just trying to do myself is pass along to other people what I've learned along the way, you know, from my own teachers. And to really, if I could, at a time when so many people feel understandably pushed around by large-scale external forces, the economy, politics, culture, institutionalized forms of oppression, things of that sort, and pushed around by their reactions inside to them. You know, fear, frustration, heartache, irritability, uh, stress, and so forth. At a time when people feel very much sort of like the eight ball in life, you know, banged on by the cue ball, what's wonderful about this conference is that it starts to help people acquire more agency, more sense of efficacy, uh, from the inside out, taking charge of the long-term structure-building processes in their own nervous system, headquartered by the brain, embedded in the body. So it's wonderful to feel that inside your own mind, even if you're stuck in a really difficult situation, 
there are always things you can do over the course of every day to locate usually mild but authentic beneficial experiences, uh, uh, including just uh, seeing the beauty around you or recognizing little things you get done or feel a relaxation in a single exhalation. And then, rather than being passive and inert in relationship to these beneficial experiences, take more of a sense of agency, at least a half dozen times a day, a sense of agency inside your own mind, deliberately sustaining the experience five, 10, 20 seconds in a row, the famous saying is, neurons that fire together, wire together. Keeping those neurons firing so they really wire, opening to them more widely in your own body so they fire in more locations and more intensively. And in so doing, in just a dozen seconds or so, um, you know, begin to weave beneficial mental resources of various kinds, including mindfulness itself, into the fabric of your brain and your life in ways that have the bonus benefit of helping you feel more like a hammer in life and less like a nail, you know, more like a cue ball in life and less like a, a, the eight ball, which can help antidote the learned helplessness that's a major factor for depression that many people acquire over time and over time give you more and more confidence in your own capacity to change yourself and, uh, for the better from the inside out and in so doing benefit all beings. Rick, we have a lot of teachers and educators, parents, leaders in, in the education system who listen to this podcast. And just as the final question, I'm wondering, what would you say to them right now as a sort of pitch for why they should sign up for this uh, December Institute, this workshop on building inner strengths for leaders? It, speak directly to the listeners. Well, I would say in this program, certainly my part, you're going to learn extremely practical, down-to-earth, cut-to-the-chase skills, totally grounded in modern neuroscience and neuropsychology for using everyday experiences for yourself and also for your students so that they can um, uh, actually harvest the benefits of everyday experiences of grit, determination, resilience, feeling cared about, calming, uh, feeling confident, feeling of worth, feeling that they can make things happen, whatever it is that they need most they will become more, you will become more able to, for yourself and also to teach them how to actually uh, become much more skillful, much more competent, much more, you know, of an agent rather than, you know, much more of a hammer rather than a nail inside their own mind in the flow of everyday life. And I think that's an extraordinary benefit because then uh, it's sort of the old line, you know, can give a person a fish or you can teach them how to fish. What certainly my focus is going to be is about learning how to fish, in air quotes here, learning how to take charge of the structure building processes in your own brain. And then alongside that, I know from talking with uh, the organizers of this conference, um, there's been an extreme, I've been in a lot of conferences, and they vary in their quality. This one is honestly so well organized. Meta McGarvey, one of the key players here, so thoughtful, so careful, so focused on delivering value for the participants. Uh, I'm certain that this is going to be really an extraordinary event. And of course, you know, it's happening in the context of Harvard. And how good is that? We, we, we like it here, and, and we're really going to be lucky to have you here. When you do come, the conference, the program, the workshop, it's called Building Inner Strengths of Leaders, Mindfulness, and More. It is December 2nd through December 5th. 
You can go to the gse.harvard.edu website to discover and learn more about it. We'll also have a link below the podcast. Rick is a psychologist and senior fellow of the Greater Good Science Center at UC Berkeley and a New York Times bestselling author and an excellent guest on the Harvard EdCast. Rick, thank you very much for being a guest today. Matt, thank you very much and best wishes to everyone listening. This has been the Harvard EdCast, a production of the Harvard Graduate School of Education. I'm your host, Matt Weber. Thank you kindly for listening.